back to Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and Stonehenge wrong-size the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. We're on episode 54, and I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And our special guest today is actor and writer Mark McConville. Mark, yeah. thanks for joining us. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Woo-hoo. Thank you for having me. I love this movie so much. Oh, th- thanks for coming. We we love you and, and we love the movie, so uh, we love this combination. It's a real We're love fest. <laughs> All right. Well, the Minute 54 Love Fest starts with uh, Nigel expressing himself through his trademark solos. We end with a Stonehenge model being brought for uh, our review and approval. And in between, we, we get to see some of that, that Nigel solo action and he, uh, Nigel imposing his will on, uh, on multiple guitars at once because he's such the artist. He certainly is. <laughs> and he makes a lot of amazing faces in this minute, too. Yeah, that's maybe my number one takeaway from this minute is that Nigel is a real master of guitar face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every t- I mean, you can almost pause any any second here and get some new amazing expression. And I mean, he's it seems like he's kind of singing along at one point to what he's playing. And right. uh, his tongue's hanging out at some point. I feel like there's some drool that comes off, too. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. That's it's very possible. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we, we've noticed this before that uh, I think Nigel is putting more effort into the face than the playing itself. <laughs> uh, but it, it, <laughs> And it's maybe all, all... more effort into stuffing his... I mean... Supposedly, Derek's the only one enhancing his crotch here, but come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. Oh, how this funny. Hot... I I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like, I, I play guitar, so all I'm, all I'm watching on it is like, is he really playing? Is there it's something unplugged? Like, at one point, I'm like, I don't think his guitar's plugged in or they did sound design or something. There's a couple of moments where it's like, there should be sounds coming out that aren't coming out. I was not looking at his right. crotch ever. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I, I feel like the flying V is sort of like pointing right at it. <laughs> I tend to miss things. Well, yeah, he's wearing like hot pink tights or stretch spandex. pants, spandex. spandex. And there is, it's not, yeah, it doesn't look like Derek, but it, it could be all Nigel. It could be, um, you know, stage dressing, I suppose. Right. It seems like a grand mystery that may never be solved. yeah perhaps best left unsolved really (laughs) i think his outfit is great in that you know so much rock of the time was so dark and you know he's wearing bright pink and then he's wearing like nike (laughs) running shoes of the era no shirt he's got some he's kind of be he's got a bracelets and a watch on like it it doesn't really match a lot of the dark metal of the era mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yet it's like perfectly like i don't think of spinal tap as a band like a party band like a poison or a van halen <laughs> but he's sort of dressed right. like a hair band guy rather than you know Derek right. yeah. wears like the leather straps 
Yeah, his yeah, his outfit totally, is totally. is hilarious to me. I love it. I know this is the first time we've seen him this with this shirtless look too. Oh yeah. So yeah. this is yeah. this is a new kind of a look and a first time with these Nike Bruins. So I looked those up because they seem <laughs> so specific, you know, and they're they're a Nike the Nike Bruins. So they have yeah, they have more of like a basketball court shoe feel on the bottom because they don't have that running shoe look, but the um, you can buy a pair on Etsy right now for over $400. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And also, when I was, you know, Googling about, as you do, I found out that they're the same style that uh, Marty McFly wears in um, Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future. Oh, maybe that's why they're $400. <laughs> yeah, probably. Why are they, are they, wait a minute. Are they on Etsy? Did you say they're on Etsy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did someone make them in their crafting room? <laughs> well, you can buy vintage on Etsy. Okay. So I don't do a lot of Etsy. You can buy, yeah, Etsy started with vintage and upcycle and craft. You know, mm-hmm. the, that's what we right. mostly know it for. And um, unfortunately, a couple years ago, they actually went into a resale of stuff made in China, too. So you oh. can pretty much get anything on Etsy. So now. it's just eBay now. Yeah. Only you're not you're just buying directly. Oh Etsy. Yeah. Oh Etsy. <laughs> so are they did did you find are these a particularly musical uh model of trainer? That's the, a good question. Uh-huh. I did find the twenty five most iconic <laughs> rock and roll sneaker photos. Oh, <laughs> And I didn't see this specific pair. Um, this is, uh, but I did see a lot of, yeah, the similar look, like Mark was saying, like that combination of bright colors and sort of a hair metal look. Let's see. Well, I imagine it would project well on stage too in a, in a concert. It's the white sneaker with the red swoop kind of stands yeah. out. Now it's interesting. So heavy metal, rock and roll. Goes with Nike, as we see here with Nigel. Uh, rap and hip hop, more of an Adidas form of music. Yes, as uh, as Run DMC has taught me. Interesting dichotomy there. Well, and I feel like it. I should weigh in on this too. There's uh, modern country superstar Sturgill Simpson. If you guys know him, he's uh, oh yeah. He <laughs> oh yeah. He wears I do. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. He wears New Balance. Oh. oh my gosh! He wears like you know he'll wear like a working man's shirt and some jeans, and then he's always he's never well. I shouldn't say that, but I've seen him now several times on TV and live, and he's wearing these like sort of gray New Balance walking shoes. <laughs> wow, those are like dad shoes, totally. Yeah, or comedy. I mean, that's like what comedy I... writer shoes too. A lot of New Balance right, in, in the right. comedy writing. Well, my dad's scene. a comedy writer. No, just oh. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, yeah. a, lot, a lot of dads in comedy writing, too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I, I feel like every subset um, should have their own shoe. So, Their own shoe. Yeah, there's a picture in this of the, um, let's see, Bob Marley wearing Adidas. Yes. Billy Corgan wearing Nike Vandal, whatever that is. So this is like a sneaker-specific <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a Nike Air Flight Light on Slash. Yep. Yes, yeah, see, Nike's is rock and roll. 
Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Yeah. There's some Adidas. Of course, Scott Ian, he's wearing Adidas, so he can kind of, you know, anthrax, he can kind well, yeah, of they, bridge, they, they bridge, bridge the gap. The, <laughs> Axel Rose wearing Converse is very exciting. I can't wait oh. to share this link on the website and have everybody dig in. Of course, Chuck Taylor's iconic, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. that well that's that's uh I imagine that's like punk alternative new wave is a is a Chuck Taylor. Kind of everybody though. Everybody. I think, by now. Yeah. Everybody loves Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so so there. There, there are the shoes. <laughs> There's my contribution to what I definitely, yeah, I, like you said, that this is a another iconic look from Nigel. And then he picks up his his um <laughs> his violin, violin, starts rocking with that, and does that great little tuning. But he even in the interview with. Marty DeBerge at the beginning, he says, my mm-hmm. solos are my signature. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, I've seen it a million times, so I just have, but watching it in this context, you sort of zero in on some stuff. And I just thought, wow, that is a crazy signature. <laughs> it doesn't, yes. I mean, he turns up the guitar <laughs> with his toe and just starts kicking that. And I, you know, I thought you couldn't even, tune, like you could tune a guitar to an open chord. That's just a standard tuning of a guitar. (laughs) So it doesn't have any real musical anything to it. It just sounds like somebody dropped a guitar. (laughs) And then, yeah, Yeah, the the violin, too. It doesn't really seem to do anything, but it's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good it's a good visual gag for sure. But it's good. Like I'm enjoying watching this with the sound off a lot more than <laughs> the sound on. And Christopher Guest is such a mu- a multi instrumentalist. I wonder what it was like for him to play. I mean, he's totally into this as mm-hmm. as as Nigel. But like listening to himself and how discordant it is, I would find that a little difficult. I I also thought for the first time watching this that. He is absolutely 100% alone. There's, he's not in front of anyone. I don't mm-hmm. think that that solo is being played in front of a crowd just from the angles <laughs> and how it's cut. And right. they, it seems like they pump in applause when he picks up the violin to do the thing. I, and I'd always just thought like, oh, there. I mean, when I first saw this movie, I thought they were a real band. I really thought it was a documentary. And I think the friend that showed it to me sort of he sort of pushed that on me. Like, this is a band from England. You've never heard of them. And he knew right. it was fake, but I, I didn't. And I fell for it. I really thought like, why have I not heard of this band? And like, it just seemed real enough mm-hmm. to be real. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, these funny moments would happen. And I would just think, well, they're just funny guys that like to mess with each other. I never uh, like that on that first viewing. It, it was pretty hard for me to believe that it was real, but I, I was told it was real. And so I bought it. Um, so yeah, the, but this guitar solo moment, I was like, it's, I, I just thought it was concert footage, but of course <laughs> sure. it's like now, you know, years later, I'm like, hello, hi, it's obviously fake. And it's like, obviously not, he's not doing that in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just do a well, really good job of making it seem like he, he is playing in front of a capacity crowd. Right. And with the, yeah, the, it's so dark too, in the background. So it kind of helps 
show yeah. that illusion. Although I think um, my husband Brian th- um, observed that perhaps Hal from uh, from 2001 might be over in the left hand corner, maybe oh. just watching from behind. <laughs> There's like one red light constantly watching him. But yeah, so Nigel is just off in his own little world. Yeah. He's out there alone and it's – so it's – yeah, it's – in terms of the documentary and and how believable this is, I don't particularly enjoy the sound of of this particular solo, but – it's not that far off from what we've seen. We've we've talked about. I think Jimmy Page has come up a couple times. There's Richie Blackmore. There's you know these pretentious guitarists. Oh yeah, who you yeah. know play these outlandish solos. Yeah, I always wonder about that. Like you know when you when you see somebody on Saturday Night Live or something, and they've got like a whole choir behind them, <laughs> and and uh, what the people there, you know, in that choir are thinking, like if they're into it or just like, it's, it's a living, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen, uh, uh, what is it? 50 feet from stardom? The film about, it's a documentary about backup singers. Yes. Right. Yeah. I actually haven't seen it yet. It's fascinating. But... Yeah. And it is a living. A lot of times they're just like, yeah, yeah you know, I have my own career that I want to do, but. You know, the Rolling Stones sure do pay a lot to come and sing backup. So I'll just tour with them. And then they try to pursue their own thing on the off season, the off season. (laughs) You know, they play 162 games and then they get to play golf for a while. Um, But yeah, that's that stuff's fascinating to me. Like the uh, we just saw a band and it was clearly like hired sidemen and women who just are there playing for this artist and then the artist moves on and they're locals and all that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, too, yeah, so like, I think, go ahead. <laughs> oh, do you go, go, ahead. go ahead? Well, I was going to say I, my masturbatory guitar solo, uh, that I saw live that is remarkable was I saw Ozzy Osbourne. It's my first concert I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And Zach Wilde, his guitar player had a wireless rig and when he started his solo, he was in the nosebleeds. Nice. Like oh. he dis- he disappeared. Wow. I think maybe, I don't know how he had time to do it. It was almost a magic trick. But uh, yeah, he like disappeared and ended up up in section 350, whatever. And I made his way down through the crowd up to the stage. And But it was like a 20 minute thing I think <laughs> oh my God. he was so far from the crowd and I, at least in my memory and maybe like that's the influence of spinal tap is that this moment i as a kid as a guitar like kid learning to play guitar and just obsessed with rock music i i was like this is amazing but looking back on it now it's like what an asshole that guy was just <laughs> a mile from the stage playing this guitar solo and then like when he got back up to the stage he still played for another 5 or 10 minutes like i mean he's right. a great guitar player he was it was a really amazing feat but at the same time it's just like oh this is the thing right this is the rock and roll theatrics that spinal tap is making fun of so well yeah, totally. And I I've played in different bands singing like early R&B and rock and roll and soul and all that stuff. And one of the bands that I was in, it was actually one of the our spinal tap moments was that at a certain point two of us realized that we both thought we were the leader of the band. 
<laughs> didn't realize that the other person thought they were the leader of the band. <laughs> but uh, so we had some communication issues to work out. Um, but because we were playing funky, soulful R&B, sometimes we delve more into the stuff that was a little bit more six, later 60s and would be stuff for a festival crowd where like you'd really play something really funky and great that everybody's dancing to. But then at the end, the the band would just want to keep going and going. And I feel like I get it to a point, but can we just like shut it down? Like it's, this is getting boring to me. I, I but I mean, I was, I was the singer. So I was kind of like, I didn't, it wasn't like I was out there, like, you know, throwing out shouts and yells or, you know, keeping. Uh, so I was just kind of like standing a, there, not you didn't really have a t-shirt. You didn't have a t-shirt gun. <laughs> right, right, right. And I could only, you know, bang the tambourines for so many minutes. But yeah, it got a little bit wankerish, I guess, after a while. Yeah. Anything else specific to this Nigel part? I guess we have um, just it's only in the last few seconds that we get over to the hotel room. Yeah. The solo just takes up the whole thing pretty much. Yeah, I I didn't have much more about it other than <laughs> I'm kind of with Sean. I'm like, it's not a great guitar solo. I think right. that maybe that was like the first, the first instance watching this the first time where I thought it was real. That I was like, he's not that good of a guitar player. Like maybe this isn't like how is he so famous? <laughs> right. This is the most over the top thing mm-hmm. they've done. That's not the well-crafted songs that we've been hearing so right because like you know stonehenge and big bottom and there's so many songs that are they are believable to me anyway where i'm like yeah these are tonight we're gonna rock it even like flower people just seems like yeah i could see this band sort of starting there and moving away from it totally yeah so yeah this is the first musical moment where it's like oh i don't know if it's like people really sat through this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no offense yeah, Nigel we, yeah and we've seen Nigel play both the guitar and then we we, we saw we got a little bit of uh, lick lick my love pump oh uh, which was Nigel playing the piano but we know he's got some musical sensibility he's got some talent so it is confusing to what is going on with this yeah it's definitely a, a different direction from what we've seen uh, but I think the last thing I want to say about this performance is the the cleft in his chin is oh. is killing it. You know the the yeah the 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 guitar the second guitar he's playing with the Nike the violin on the on the flying V. You know maybe those are questionable uh, artistic choices, but the chin uh, brings it every time. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's very nice. Yeah. So yeah, and so then well before we move on. Yes, I, I just want to back up to uh, to something Mark started on later. So thank you for mentioning uh, twenty feet from stardom. That's uh, well, on it's the twenty feet. It's from twenty stardom. feet. Yeah. I have. I'm terrible with distances. <laughs> I, 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 I hate to have to correct a guest, but um, you know the, these background singers they they suffer in obscurity enough. We you don't need yeah. to add another thirty feet. But yeah, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so that's you know it's just a, a really great documentary about about backup singers and 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 the life they lead. And 
Um, but I also wanted to ask, so that, that that's a, was a kind of a great segue because one of the regular questions that we ask our guests is if they have um, any documentaries or, or even rockumentaries that they'd recommend to our oh. audience. So, so 20 Feet from Stardom is, is a great one that actually I was – I'm surprised. Um, I kind of had it in my back pocket to make sure we did mention it before we finished up the movie, but you're the first to bring it up. Oh, cool. Um, but it, any others you'd recommend? Uh, I love the Rush documentary. Mm. Yeah, that's one that's come up a few that. times. That must be a, an algorithm with our <laughs> specific guests that we've invited on. Yeah, that, that's like a cross section of people who love that Rush documentary. <laughs> it's funny too because like I'm not a I'm not an enormous Rush fan. I mean, I I the deep cuts get a little precious for me, but I like mm-hmm. I like them. And after you see this document, I think the documentary is great to watch if you are in any sort of artistic group just because of the way they talk about you know pushing their boundaries and there's a segment in there there's like a part of their career where one of them wanted to try some stuff that the other two were kind of like i don't know about this but they went let's just do it rather than shut them down and be like no that's dumb they were Mm -hmm. like no uh, let's support your idea and like it totally flopped they did not enjoy it (laughs) and then they went okay Mm. I'm glad we tried it. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. now try another thing. I just think that's such a cool part of the collabor- collaborative process. And yeah. yeah, this Rush documentary, it's just the way they support each other. I mean, they're so Canadian. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just like the politeness of that. I just think it's really great. It's a cool documentary. I love the Eagles documentary, at least the first half. I don't know mm. if you guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, so Rush, like just that's beyond the lighted stage. That's right. Is, is the name of that the right. Rush documentary? So the the Eagle documentary. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. I'm not a big Eagles fan. I'll, I'll I'm not either. But someone got me to watch it, and I actually said on a different podcast, someone was asking like, "What band would you be in?" And I had just watched that documentary. And I was like, "Hard not to be in the Eagles in the '70s." <laughs> like they just looked like they were having a blast at all times. Uh, but that documentary, at least in, from in the 70s, because they did a two-part documentary for Showtime. And uh, mm-hmm. the first half is about their sort of superstar 70s era. And then they break up at the end of the first half. And then the second half is all about them sort of getting back together. And that part's not so great. <laughs> but I love gotcha. the first half. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like, okay, guys. Yeah, you made a ton of money. And now you get to do whatever you want. Cool. Let's go back to the 70s where everyone was fighting. That was the best. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of any. That's I love Muscle, Muscle Shoals was great. I like yeah, oh, yeah. I liked that one a lot, too. God, there's. there's I so feel many. like there's another one that I really love. I love, uh, well, there's the heavy metal parking lot. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> not, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a documentary. It's another great one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like a 10 minute documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I think we I think we linked to that on our website for for one of the early minutes when they were doing the fan interviews at the beginning of the documentary interviewing the Spinal Tap fans. But uh, we'll we'll put that link up again just because uh, it's so great. If you haven't watched it in a while, yeah, it, Did it you is say a really interviewing short thing. the Spinal yeah. Tap fans. Oh, in Spinal Tap, right? In Spinal Tap, yeah. Oh, 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 right. Sorry. <laughs> in, in our movie. <laughs> I got confused all of a sudden. I thought you were saying that people in heavy metal talk parking lot were talking to Spinal Tap. 
<laughs> well, I it, space it, out for two seconds yeah. and I'm totally it could lost. Have been. It is very similar. No, for, from in, in this is spinal tap. It right. starts off with the fan interviews. And, right. and so I right. think we had mentioned heavy metal parking lot uh, when we covered those minutes, but uh, yes. we'll mention it again just cause yeah, it is, yeah. it is so great. So yeah, those are all all good recommendations and and a couple new things that uh, we haven't mentioned before. Cool. So uh, good good work there. Hey, thanks. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have you here. And then so moving on to the last little bit of this minute, we're in the hotel room. I guess it's a hotel room in Austin, Texas, and Ian is meeting with uh, with Polly Deutsch, who I guess is a stage designer, set designer or something and she's presenting him with the model of Stonehenge that she has created from Nigel's napkin drawing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it definitely and, and it looks, looks terrific. It looks stage ready. I mean, it's got good texture, good color kind of flecks and specks and It does look like stone. Mhm. Yes. It looks heavy, yeah. It looks stone. Yeah, and I've I, so I, I, I'm, I can only assume that in the next minute we see the full size. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, this this does feel like a hard tease for the next minute because we're yeah. you barely get into the to the thing, and then the next minute really w you find out what's up with that little uh, Stonehenge. Yeah, and I I have a fun fact about that little Stonehenge, and I feel like it should be saved for the next minute. Excellent. So. That sounds like a good little a little tease there for tuning in to next minute. So anything else about this minute or should we wrap it up today? I, I vote for wrapping wrap it up. up. <laughs> yeah. Wrap it up. Excellent. Let's wrap it up. Okay, cool. Well, we hope you've all enjoyed today, episode 54 of Spinal Tap Minute. Uh, we've certainly enjoyed having Mark McConville on and look forward to having him come back I feel like I'm talking about you and you're not here, Mark, but you're right here with I'm us. Here. I'm still here. <laughs> you're still here. And you can um, still find us at spinaltapminute.com. And I wanted to do a quick shout out and to thank everybody for all the um, five star reviews you've been leaving for us on um, iTunes. So they call it, it's, it's been rebranded, right? Apple uh, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yes. I think oh this will be the first time I've said that. So, you know, <laughs> Obviously, this is a few weeks out, but now it's called Apple Podcasts. But yeah, thanks, everybody, for, for heading over there and giving us those reviews and, you know, movie quotes and all that, that jolly good stuff. All right. So and then, Mark, if folks want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Well, I have a podcast that is sort of living on on the internet called Super Ego. We haven't put out a new... We stopped making episodes <laughs> quite some time ago. <laughs> but uh, our our stuff is out on the internet. You can go to gosuperego.com. That's our website. I also have a podcast called Pistol Shrimps Radio, where my pal and I call basketball games, even though we don't really know how basketball games work. It's very entertaining. Yeah, so that's Pistol Shrimps Radio, and we're on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. So if you want to find that, I think that's enough stuff that people can find me on. Yeah, we can, um, you know, always highlight a couple of other little thangamajangs when you come back for uh, the next episode. I'll yeah. think of some yeah. thangamajangs. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. When I and I'm a big fan of Super Ego. So for any of our listeners, if you think your um, your sensibilities match mine, then you might like the thing that I like. Which is which is super ego, yeah. And I've gotten to see you uh, in super ego 
three times, I think, at oh, wow. SF Sketch Fest. So always fun up there. We've yeah. actually locked eyes a few times. So. Oh. At oh. the merch table. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really fun to be able to bring you into the Spinal Tap fun over here with us. I'm happy to do it. Like I said, I, this movie means a lot to me. It's probably one of the reasons I do what I do. So it's cool to talk about it. Sweet. Right on. Right on. All right. So we're wrapping up for Minute 54. Until next time. And so say all of us. Tap into, into America. America. <laughs> and, and this is not crazy. I was doing some uh, some research earlier this morning, and I actually found a clip of Deep Purple performing in front of a full symphony orchestra. And the the whole orchestra starts kind of plays in, and then the band picks up. This is when uh, Richie Blackmore was with Deep Purple and. Deep Purple starts playing their song, and then everyone stops just so Richie Blackmore can do his his crazy solo with the entire orchestra just sitting behind him, waiting for him to to do his thing. Um, so it's it's you know it's when very does the Nigel- orchestra come in, or are they just sitting back there? They're <laughs> <laughs> just waiting patiently. They're just they're just waiting. They just kind of play. They they play a bit. I guess like an intro section for a minute or so, and then the right. band comes in, okay. and then Richie just takes off, and then <laughs> and then everyone's just watching him play. Wow, it sounds like we're getting a call in from. Caller, you're we have on a the caller. air. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's me. Oh my god, I Sean. thought finally somebody. Called the Spinal Tap Minute Hotline, and we we're getting a, a hot take. <laughs> wow, caller, you're on. Uh, you're on line one. Yeah. Well, um, so <laughs> yeah, I always wonder about that. Like you know when. You-